Our scripture reading this morning is from Isaiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 10, and Luke chapter 1, verses 46b through 55. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. And now for Luke, from the Gospel of Luke, Mary's song of praise. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation he has shown strength with his arm he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts he has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. poem this morning comes from Anne Weems' Kneeling in Bethlehem, and it is entitled Mary Nazareth Girl. Mary Nazareth Girl, what did you know of ethereal beings with messages from God? What did you know of men when you found yourself with child? What did you know of babies, you barely out of childhood yourself? God-chosen girl, What did you know of God that brought you to a stable blessed among women? 
Could it be that you had been ready, waiting, listening for the footsteps of an angel? Could there be messages for us if we have the faith to listen? So, so you know, the God and Santa thing has come up many times before. This wasn't a first. But whenever you sit with a group of children, you have to take what comes and run with it. And it's usually a crapshoot. So it's like, okay. But this time of year, it's very confusing for children. When they come to church and they find out that this is really all about a baby who's come to be the light of the world, and then about Santa, who's going to give you everything you want until Christmas morning when they're disappointed because they didn't get every single thing on the wish list. What we do to our children by making promises we can't keep is a terrible thing. And I believe that what we find in God are promises that are always good promises. God promises us things that we know we can count on. You can bet your life on the promises that come from God. When we talk about sacred space, and I walked in this morning and saw poinsettias here, and I thought, ooh, that's so pretty. It is so beautiful. And I always feel terrible the Sunday after Epiphany when everything just disappears and everything looks like it's naked. And it really does look naked. We create in this place something that is special, but this is not the only sacred space we know. For many people, they really do believe that God lives in this space and nowhere else. The early Jews had to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem at least once a year because they needed to go to the temple because they did believe that that is where God lived. Like God had dinner there and God slept there because we humanized God rather than allowing God to be God. Every place I have ever lived, especially every place I have lived as a pastor, I've worked very hard to find sacred space where I can pray, where I can feel safe, and where I feel in touch with God. Now, in this particular part of the world, where I live most of the time, and when I'm here, very often there are two sacred spaces, because one will be outdoors and one will be indoors. I don't find 30-degree weather terribly inspiring for me to pray when I'm outdoors. I don't like bundling up to have to pray. It's just the way I'm wired. But both here 
at my home, I have two spaces where I can pray and feel close to God. I also have a place that I refer to as my spiritual home, which is one of our campsites in Upper New York. And I find when I go to Casawasco and go over the hill, and when I crest the hill and I come on the downside, I can see the lake, I can feel my blood pressure go down. I can take one of those deep breaths and and all is right with the world. And when I get to Casawasco, I never know for sure what space I would call my sacred space. They have an outdoor chapel that I deeply love, but they have an indoor chapel that I deeply love. I've already made arrangements that my funeral is going to be there. I've also ordered the cookies. So, which somebody told me is $100 a cookie because they're planning on building something with it. Um, the place itself is sacred to me. And I think it's important in our busy lives to have places that are set aside, places that we can go to to put the world away and be in the presence of God. We don't do that often enough. Whether you're clergy or laity, it doesn't matter. We still don't do it often enough. To be able to find those places in our lives where we can just let everything go and just be in God's presence. We get caught up in all the things we have to do and I think if you look in scripture, God created human beings, not human doings. Therefore, we should be being more than we are doing. But our culture tells us we need to be busy every second. We have to be doing something all the time instead of just being. Since I didn't feel terribly terrific this past week, I spent a lot of time sitting, doing nothing. Ben sent us recordings of the music for, that we're going to be doing on Christmas Eve and invited us to sing with our part. And because I didn't have a voice and couldn't sing, I was listening and following the music. And I'm sitting in a chair, and there's a cat, one on each arm of the chair. And I was sort of humming along. And first they'd go like this, and then they'd go like this. And they just looked at me like, you're crazy. You have lost it completely this time. You're not even watching anything. You're just there. And I thought, oh, kitties, you've got a lot to learn. But for the past two days, I've had one cat that's been staring at me all the time, just staring. And I don't know what that means. Cat is very uncommunicative and doesn't tell me anything. But what does it mean when a cat stares at you all the time? 
makes me very uncomfortable. And I wonder, because I wonder a lot, I wonder what it would be like if God was staring at us. If God just didn't stop looking at us. Would that make you uncomfortable? I think it would make all of us very uncomfortable. We don't like to be looked at with that kind of intensity. But I can't help but believe that that is the way God looks at us. Looks at us deeply. I was reading some reference material for this sermon. And Richard Rohr said that Mary's womb was a sacred place. A sacred place for Jesus to be nurtured and to grow. I'd never thought of that before, and I thought that was a beautiful image to tuck away in my brain, to ponder and to wonder about. I've often ask the question in study groups as to where would we be if Mary had said, hmm, not me, find somebody else. But we have so much to be grateful for that this young girl was so used to having conversations with God that she was able to say yes that it didn't come as a surprise to her that an angel should show up and talk to her. She asked a few questions, but didn't say, give me a week to think about it. Even a district superintendent gives a pastor 24 hours to think about a new appointment or to pray about it. But Mary said yes. And then came out with the Magnificat, which, because she was a good Jewish girl, is a repetition of the Old Testament, for those of you who didn't know that. Excuse me? Yes, of course. First Samuel. Some people know more than I do. I did know that, but I didn't want to call it up and be wrong. Um, we've confused knowing and knowing about a lot. We know a lot about Jesus. We know a lot about Mary. We know a lot about God. But until we know God, until we know Jesus, until we know Mary, we don't have all of the answers. We may never have all of the answers but we do have good promises. We do have assurance that God is with us, God will not abandon us, God loves us, God is the constant in an ever-changing world. So let us remember God's presence 
with great joy. May it be so. Amen. We have quite a few prayer requests. Sylvia Green's boyfriend passed away this morning. So we hold Sylvia and her family and friends in prayer. Ruth Engel asked me to lift up Leo Dermag and his family. His son-in-law, David Shaw, passed away following a heart attack, and David was 56. Dick Evans gave me a prayer request this morning. He said he wanted us to pray for Diana, who is Myrna's niece, who was severely injured in a head-on crash in Duxbury. She's at Mass General facing multiple surgeries. I would ask for prayers for Sarah Sanstad, who is a very close friend, and her whole family are friends of mine. Um, she has been in Haiti for many years. She went as a um, youth on a mission trip and was so taken with Haiti, she went back and has started a business that has flourished where she hires women and they make shoes and sandals and all this sort of stuff. But they had had a huge Christmas bazaar and she went swimming and misjudged the depth of the water and dove in and fractured five of the six vertebrae in her neck. She went to a hospital in Haiti and then was transferred to West Palm Beach. And she is standing and she is alert, but she's got a long road to hoe. So if you could hold Sarah in your prayers, I would certainly appreciate it and I will keep you updated. Are there other prayer concerns that need to be lifted up? Let us go to God in prayer. Oh, holy God, in this time when we talk about joy and being so happy and everything being wonderful, we forget that that's not always so for everyone. Loss at this time of year is difficult. Putting on a happy face when you are grieving is difficult. Being in the hospital at this time of year is difficult. Being a caretaker this time of year is difficult. So we ask you, O oh God, to give us space to not be happy, to feel what we are feeling, and to be authentic in how we feel those things. We ask you, O oh God, to comfort the afflicted, to offer peace to those who have none, to feed the hungry. We ask, O oh God, that you use us as instruments that we be your people in this place, in this time, 
to be there for those who need someone. Help us, O oh God, to get out of our own way and to be your hands and feet. As we pray for the baby Jesus to show up, come Lord Jesus, come. Help us to remember what Lord Jesus gave us. And now we join together to pray the prayer that Jesus himself taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now, my friends, we have the opportunity to share all that we have been given, and to give back to God what belongs to God. Let us receive our morning offering.